step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You're listening to Bill Handel, on demand from KFI AM 640. California. You are listening to The Bill Handel Show. And uh, this is KFI, Bill Handel here, uh, Wednesday, January 10th. Boy, a lot's going on. Uh, let me tell you what is happening, stories that we're covering. Uh, first of all, uh, here's something for you football fans. Uh, today, uh, the California lawmakers are going to be looking at a bill that says no tackle football for any kid under 12 years of age. Just too dangerous. And guess who's fighting that? Coaches are saying, oh, no, no, no. An important source of physical activity is getting yourself pummeled uh, to the point where you have serious injury at 10. Uh, go figure. And uh, then we found out uh, what happened with Secretary of State um, Lloyd Austin. It was prostate cancer. He didn't tell the president for four days. He'd been in the hospital. And uh, boy, is he getting nailed for that? And he should. And, you know, President Biden at, at this point still gives him full confidence. Okay. I throw his ass out. That was me. Now, a, a story on AI. We're going to be doing this just so much, as you can imagine, as AI is constantly taking over. And we're looking at the good, the bad. Uh, we just did a story of AI with uh, these major stars that are now pitching cookware and uh, uh, dental plans in the case of Tom Hanks that uh, Neil and I were talking about. Where this is all AI and it's all fraudulent. The good side, of course, AI is, and we talked about that, it just changes the way life is going to be handled. And so uh, the California Department of Transportation is now teaming up uh, with other state agencies across the board and is asking tech companies uh, to propose generate uh, generative AI tools that could help, in the case of the Department of Transportation, reduce traffic, make roads safer, and especially for pedestrian, cyclists, uh, and scooter riders, which I don't care about since I'm only in a car. So if you <clears throat> if you get run over, eh, it's not the end of the world. Uh, but uh, I'm assuming a lot of society does not feel that way, especially if you happen to be one run over, you can say, okay, I care. And, uh, of course, we know AI, uh, ChatGPT, uh, produces text and images and content. But that's easy to see. But what they're saying is let's use AI to help us brainstorm what we're going to do. And this was an executive order that uh, Gavin Newsom signed in September about generative AI. Uh, as part of the order, uh, the state released this report saying, okay, here is what we can do. And this is how AI benefits us. And this is how AI is actually a danger. One of the things about government, which I think they're reacting appropriately at this point, and even those who have created the AI models, the AI programs, are saying, let's get concerned about the safeguards, the guardrails here. We know way in advance what the problems could be with AI. We understand the dangers. Now let's figure out 
exactly how we're going to deal with it. The problem, of course, is technology moves at a much more rapid pace. Technology doesn't have ethical issues. Technology doesn't have moral issues. Technology just moves forward. It's science. It's yes or no. And you can't be a Luddite. It's going to advance. Now, dealing with technology is a very different animal. Dealing with technology is something that is insanely complex, ridden with moral values and dealing how do we as a society deal with this, how it affects us, what are the uh, what are the guardrails we put on it. So catching up is always, always more difficult. You know, they didn't have traffic um, uh, laws uh, until uh, way after the cars were invented. Uh, the FAA didn't come into existence until way after the airplane was thrown up in the sky. And that's exactly what's happening here. So what they're saying is we have the tool. They already have the tools, by the way. If you look at the state and the technology and the, uh, and the uh, data that it has, I mean, it has unbelievable amounts of data, traffic stops, accidents, uh, time of day, for example, dealing with traffic. They know when there's the most traffic. They know how many cars. They know what kind of cars. They know uh, mileage. They know who the drivers are. They know all of it. But it takes really, at this point, human beings to try to figure out uh, how to best use traffic signals, etc. It's like a chessboard where they're moving in real time how to figure this out. Well, AI is going to blow that up. And it's, you press a button and the AI uh, algorithm, the, uh, the AI computer program figures it all out. And uh, to the furthest extent, and the, and the, and the uh, technologies here, and I said this before, we all bitch and moan about traffic. I mean, you go on the freeway and traffic is a horror here in Southern California. A matter of fact, uh, that's why so many people are coming into California, because uh, now uh, the tourist bureau actually advertises how much traffic you'll have if you like traffic come down here. And what will happen? And this is happening, I guarantee you, once we have complete autonomous vehicles, in other words, on the freeway, for example, it will be illegal for you to have a non-autonomous vehicle. It just be illegal. It's like putting a bicycle on the freeway or a golf cart on the freeway. You just can't do it. The same thing is going to happen with the driverless cars. When every car on the freeway is a driverless, autonomous, computer-controlled car, Here's what happens. No more traffic uh, jams. Cars are moving at 60 or 65 miles an hour, two feet from each other. There will be not no quick stops. Uh, you will see traffic moving flawlessly. For example, let's say you're in the left lane and the computer and you want to move to the right lane and the computer knows what exit. And what it does is tell the cars uh, around you to start moving separated imperceptively so it doesn't affect the flow of traffic. You move over it, you get off, all of that done by the computer. That's where we're going to go. And, and, and we can and we'll wrap it up. It's going to be done. It's going to be done. Now, we're still generations away from that because there's always going to be some idiot with his Bel Air or his uh, ancient uh, 2028 Tesla. Uh, you know, that's uh, become a museum piece uh, because it was bought so many years ago and I'm taking mine on the road. Uh, but, you know, hopefully we're over that. I I don't believe in anybody being an original. You know that, don't you? Everybody has to. I, I'm a big believer in 1984, but on the other side of 1984. Originality is just, it's given way too much credit. Okay, Neil's looking at me. Now, what happens when you call 911? Well, uh, well, you're going to be put on hold for about 45 minutes, and whoever's going to have a heart attack is dead already, or your house is already burned down. But theoretically, that's not the case. 
Point is, when you call 911, it doesn't matter what area code your cell phone is because 911 calls are geo-targeted. If you're calling uh, in the city of uh, Bellflower, for example, even if you have an area code outside of the state, uh, the 911 folks, the computer is going to know where you are calling from. That's a given. All right, that makes all the sense in the world because uh, what difference was is, is your area code make? Okay, so that's for 911. Let's say you're from Detroit. And this is out of the LA Times, too, this story, kind of neat. Uh, and you now live in LA and you keep your cell phone. Of course, you keep your number. No one gets new numbers anymore. So there you are with your Detroit uh, cell phone. And you dial 911. Okay, the dispatchers locally are going to get it. What if you dial 988? 988 is the National Mental Health Crisis Hotline that's just uh, been put in. So people that are grappling with suicidal thoughts or real substance abuse issues, uh, what they will find out is um, that they are then directed to a call center based on their area code, not where they are located. They didn't quite get it when they built that 988 system. Not quite. And now, for some people, it doesn't matter uh, because a mental health expert is a mental health expert. If you're uh, going to be jumping off a building, if you're going to take a swan dive off the fifth story of a, um, uh, the, uh, for example, the Disneyland uh, parking structure, it really doesn't matter if it's a Disneyland or someplace else, right? I mean, a five-story building parking structure is the same as any other. So that works for mental health practitioners, okay? That is universal, granted. But what if you need help? What if you need to be directed to a uh, a counseling center or in, for example, the uh, county of L.A. And we're pretty sophisticated. We send out teams. Did you know that Department of Mental Health in the county actually sends out teams that deal with people having those problems? Well, if uh, they don't know where you are, that's a problem. It's an easy fix. You just have to spend the money. Oh, boy, resources. Where are we going to take away, away the money from? It's kind of hard to believe they didn't develop this system from the get-go that Geo targets where that call is. And uh, the other problem is even if they do have, uh, let's say, that Detroit 988 operator who is or that mental health practitioner uh, even does know where a Los Angelino can go. Uh, is it in real time? Probably not. So here is where your AI comes in. Here's where your computer programs. You call 988, you have a cell number that's out of state, but uh, it's directed immediately to a mental health practitioner, finds out what you're about. Uh, you obviously need help. They can send out a team, knows exactly what teams are available, how far away they are from you, tries to figure out the severity of your problem. Remember, this is a mental health practitioner or a counselor who's been trained, and all of this happens in real time. Uh, that takes a lot of sophistication. It takes a lot of work. So right now, you call uh, 988, you're in a lot of help, and you go, oh, I'm going to jump off a building. Well, before they finally figure out where you are, then the only people that show up are those that come from uh, the Department of Sanitation to sort of scoop up the parts, bring a garden hose and uh, a couple of buckets and shovels, and uh, you just you know want to clean up the mess a little bit. Uh, it's an easy fix, this system. And you figure all we have to do in this way, this is one of those where government should have less money. No, in this case, government has to do this because it, it, can you imagine being able to call 98 
really you're in trouble. I mean, deeply in trouble. You don't know where to turn. You know that number is available. By default, you call it like we call 911 whenever there's a fire or a medical emergency. And all of a sudden, it's there, right? You've got the resources. They can send out the teams. And unfortunately, uh, at certain points, and uh, doing an interview with one of the women who runs um, the county program says that uh, it's... um, Uh, the wait times for these teams is getting longer uh, and longer for them to come out. And a lot of it because their calls are misdirected because they're going to the wrong places, which is unfortunate. But that's a fix that we can deal with. And, of course, AI, because AI comes into this and figures out instantaneously what's available, who is there, who's the nearest, what kind of resources. Do you pick them up and take them to a mental institution? Do someone just talk them down? Um, Okay. Captions uh, on TV. Now, there's a whole story behind that. Now, I happen to be a caption watcher. One of my favorite shows that I have seen on TV, I think it's Netflix, is Peaky Blinders. I don't know if you've seen Peaky Blinders. Phenomenal. Irish uh, television uh, or British TV. It's about some Irish uh, gangsters. And you cannot understand a word of it. They They say it's English, but who are we kidding? So the first time I saw it, no captions. Lost about 70%. Second time, captions got 100%. And I happen to be one of people that watch, I watch captioned everything now. I go, okay, so how many of us are there? Uh, turns out over half of us now do that, is watch captioned TV. Uh, now, uh, at Westwood's Regency Village Theater, which I have been to, recently there was a showing of Barbie. And it was done not only in captions, but also American Sign Language for people that are deaf. What do you mean American Sign Language? Well, you know those little corners uh, where you have screen on screen? And much like when you see a governor, a press conference, there's always someone who is uh, doing American Sign Language. And it's always someone who's 75 pounds overweight. And it's always someone who is dressed horribly. And it's and I love I love watching ASL uh, press conferences because they're so expressive. I mean, those people that do ASL are phenomenal. It's just so great. Uh, boy, that adds uh, certainly adds a lot of flavor to it. Uh, but in movies, they don't do that. They started in television, but movies, they don't do that. Now, what I didn't know, and uh, Neil uh, was nodding his head when I said that, that by law, if you are deaf, you go into a movie theater, they have to provide you with equipment that you can see uh, captioning on the screen. The rest of us can't, but you, as someone who is deaf, has that capability. That's Closed captioning. Open captioning is everything that we see. That everybody walks in and there's the captioning at the bottom of uh, the screen. And I find that so much easier. And if you look at the amount of people that are doing this, uh, it's growing and growing and growing. 53% of millennials, 70% of Zoomers, Gen Xers, about half of that, which is really weird. Baby boomers, not even that many, which is kind of strange because baby baby boomers are the ones that are losing their hearing. You think they'd be the first up to do that? Uh, No. It looks like only uh, millennials and Xers are doing that. Uh, The chief executive of uh, Dezanu Innovations, an accessible marketing company, says captioning is not just for deaf people. It's for everyone now. And why? Why is captioning so much in the future and why does it make so much sense? 
Well, flatter TV screens, for one thing, make it easier. Uh, newer sound mixing trends because there's inconsistent audio levels, and that drives me crazy. You ever notice commercials are hot, and then uh, you have uh, commentators or uh, you have the programming, which is at different levels. You would think the TVs would just, uh, you would think that every TV would just equal it out. I don't understand why they don't do that. Where the signal goes in, and I can simply press a button that says equalize all sound. And I don't, they don't do that. So what ends up happening is I get c- captions. And uh, the good news is uh, most, most commercials are not captioned. Uh, so you got compressed quality. Uh, you've got the modern technology. The interfaces make it so easy to watch captions. And therein is a real problem. Uh, because uh, uh, I watch YouTube, YouTube TV. That's where I get my news. That's where I get uh, some of the programming with all the commercials. The rest of them is all non-commercial stuff that I watch. Netflix, the captions are in real time. Right? Right there. On YouTube TV, the captions are always uh, three quarters of a second or a second behind. And it drives you completely nuts, which is why, thank goodness, I don't have any weapons at home because I would have shot out uh, several TV screens by now. It drives me completely out of my mind. By the way, uh, the uh, TV, uh, well, the films uh, were captioned uh, back in the 70s that started. And the passage of the American with Disabilities Act and the Television Decoder Circuitry Act of 1990, uh, new TV sets, all of them, were to be able to require captions. That is the law. You cannot buy a TV that does not caption by law. And that has been taken to an extreme and in a good way. So now you have the movie theaters. That's the last graph. Oh, also, we happen to like a whole lot of... um, uh, a lot of foreign films. And the technology is such, you can either watch, uh, and I always do this at the bottom of the screen whenever anything comes on Netflix, for example. Uh, English with subtitles, the original language with subtitles. Uh, I kind of like uh, the dubbing. Today, the dubbing is fantastic. It's not like bad Japanese science fiction movies anymore. You know, Godzilla versus Mothra, where it's just really bad dubbing, which is actually hugely entertaining in its own way. Uh, But today, uh, the technology, the dubbing is phenomenal. Just an easier way to watch TV. And now it's coming to the movies where you're going to be able to see caption movies. And I just do nothing but captioning. Matter, I just read everything. And Neil will tell you, I read my name on the wall. If it's not written on the whiteboard, I have no idea what my name is. I'm Ron Burgundy. Yeah, pretty much. Boy, a lot is happening. I mean, like right now, a lot of happening. Uh, Hunter Biden just walked in and out of a congressional hearing. I remember he was subpoenaed to go in front of uh, the hearing behind closed doors. And he said, you're dreaming. I'm not going to do this other than in public. It's just not going to happen because you have all these allegations and you've never proved any of them. Let's bring it out in public. And the congressional hearing, uh, Republican hearing, uh, said, no, no, we want to do it in private. Well, Hunter Biden just showed up. And man, what a zoo that was. And the story is uh, now breaking. And uh, you know what? Uh, We'll see if we're going to be able to cram that one in uh, in the next couple minutes. Matter of fact, uh, let me you know, let me you know, let me do this because this is breaking right now, and the two really are connected. So I want I want to cover this one for a bit, and here's what ended up happening: 
Okay, so here is uh, an oversight committee hearing uh, that's opening up that uh, was um, scheduled for day that opened. And Hunter Biden walks in the door. They were considering whether to hold in contempt of Congress for not going to a hearing. They wanted the hearing to be private. There's two kinds of hearings you can do in Congress, behind closed door hearings and open hearings where the public is allowed in and the media is allowed to cover it. You see that all the time. You know, people are testifying in front of committees or in front of House committees or Senate committees, and there's always that whole row of cameras, camera people. They're sitting on the floor with photographs, photographing who's ever behind the desk. That's an open hearing. And uh, the Republicans, for some crazy reason, never wanted him to appear in an open hearing. Uh, why is that? Well, I'll tell you why, because all the allegations right now, because they're all they're going after Joe Biden. That's a given because the allegations are that Joe Biden, through Hunter Biden, was able to get millions of dollars or interfered with governmental business and moved contracts over to Hunter Biden because he was vice president and therefore corruption occurred. Hunter Biden would never have gotten those camp contracts, but for which, by the way, is true. Uh, the fact that Hunter Biden is Joe Biden's son when he was vice president and still now uh, sure gave him a, le- a leg up. And I think those contracts were signed by uh, the uh, folks that uh, gave Biden, uh, Hunter Biden, the money in the hopes that somehow his relationship would uh, help them. Well, it turned out it didn't because I believe Joe Biden had uh, was not involved at all. I mean, he he did some sloppy stuff, I'll grant you. But was there any criminality there? Uh-uh. And uh, the Congressional Oversight Committee, the Republican part of it, is trying to prove there was absolute proof. They said they had proof. They said, we have proof that uh, Joe Biden received millions of dollars. And so uh, Biden's people say, OK, uh, let's see it. Uh, we'll come up with it. It's appropriate. Our hearing's going to be behind closed door. This is where Hunter Biden said, no chance. So he walks in today and... What starts immediately? Republican Nancy Mace leans into him. Who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. This is how she starts it. Second question. You are the epitome of white privilege coming into the oversight committee, spitting in our face, ignoring our congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here. Woo. Okay. So now you have the Democrats come back. If the gentlelady wants to hear from Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now. Mr. Chairman, let's take a vote and hear from Hunter Biden. See, but that makes it an open hearing, doesn't it? That means he is now doing what he wants to do, and that is testifying in an open hearing, not a closed-door hearing. Uh, It just goes on and on. So on the day that this hearing to determine whether he is in contempt for ignoring the subpoena for the closed hearing, he shows up and walks in. Wow, that's a big one. And by the way, as soon as he walked in and this little exchange happened, he walked out. Why? Because just as he was walking out the door, guess who speaks and guess who is on that committee? Marjorie Taylor Greene. Right, 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 right. Uh, election denier, QAnon follower, conspiracist out of her mind, Marjorie Taylor Green. And she, as he's walking out, saying, apparently you're afraid of my words. Uh, well, no. Uh, 
I'll tell you who should really be afraid of Marjorie Taylor Greene's words is those of us who are Jewish. After the accusation that she made that the Rothschild family, very wealthy Jews, had uh, taken up space on one of the satellites and used uh, rays to start the forest fires, the wildfires in California. And the whole thing was a Jewish uh, cabal, a plot. Not kidding. She said that. Not kidding. Pedophile ring in Congress by congressional Democrats. She said that. Honest to God. Um, Yep. And she's going to win overwhelmingly in Georgia again. This is KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You've been listening to The Bill Handel Show. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. And anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.